Yeah, we're up in Ohio. Yeah, I like yeah. Ohio. It's kind of freezing outside right now. But uh, welcome, everybody, to the Three Geeks Podcast. <laughs> Jason and Justin here. We are joined by Suze Lanier. Bramlett, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I couldn't Hello. be better. I am very excited to talk to you. I So we've been doing a lot of these interviews lately, and I um, I still have yet to talk to anybody who had anything to do with Happy Days, but you oh. were actually in an episode of Happy Days, which is one of my all-time favorite sitcoms. What was that experience like? I, it was great. Um, you know, Happy Days was my very first Hollywood credit. I'd done some stuff in New York and Dallas and on the road, but um, uh, I had been in L.A. for like two days, and I had um, done a lot of acting with a friend of mine from high school named William S. Bickley, who was one of the producers. And I had no friends in, in LA. And I uh, called him the second day I was here. And I said, hey, Bill, it's, it's Susie. And um, he said, well, come on to the set at Paramount and say, let's have lunch. And so I did. And he took me onto the set. And Henry Winkler walked up and said, Hey, how you doing? Make her my girlfriend. And so um, they wrote me in. They wrote me in that week. It wasn't a big part, but it got my feet wet to be on a set and to see how to, you know, make your mark. And I and I ended ended up dating Henry for a couple of times. You know, we went out a couple of times. I just really his friends. And he, he, I think he wanted me to just get acquainted with some of the places to go and stuff. And and um. Uh, he's just the nicest man in Hollywood. So, you know, we had, it was a, an amazing, it was an amazing gig. That's great though. You walk on set and Henry Winkler is like, make her my girlfriend. Like that is, that yeah. has to be a nice compliment. Yeah, it was, it was. I, 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 I didn't even have a really significant part, but I'm like, I was a prom queen or something, but it was, it was still um, fun. And, um, and actually um, the relationships that I uh, made on the set uh, ended up being lifetime relationships. I'm still friends with Gary Marshall and Penny Marshall's sister, Ronnie. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, I've spent many a holiday with the Marshalls. And so just that one gig, um, you know, I was even um, friends with Penny too. So, you know, it, it uh, you know, one thing led to another, and it was a, a lasting lifetime friendship. Penny That's and awesome. Penny and Gary are gone, of course, but mm -hmm. I'm still friends with Ronnie. All right, no, that's great. You walk on a set to do a quick part, and you make some lifelong friends. That's that's fantastic. Uh, so, yeah. do you mind talking about your time working on the Three's Company pilot? Not really. Um, I had just come off the set of um, Hills Have Eyes, and I was caked and sand and, and um, dust from the desert, bruised from head to toe from doing all the stunts myself. And um, uh, I we had no food in the refrigerator and I had a little boy. And so I ran to the market basket, which was the name of the grocery chain at the time. And um, there were no cell phones. And I heard over the intercom, Susan Lanier, please report to the office. And my agent said, drop everything. I said, Martin, I've got all these groceries in the grocery cart. He said, drop it, get over to ABC. They fired a girl. And I said, I'm filthy. I, nobody can see me. She, they'll shower you. They'll do your hair. They'll do your makeup. And in the makeup chair, and they did all of that. And 
And and uh, I called the babysitter and said, I'm not coming back. I've got to go to get over to ABC. So anyway, the they had big cue cards for me to learn the lines because they had fired a girl about four days in. Mm-hmm. And I only had like three days to learn all of those lines, all of the blocking, meet John and Joyce, figure out the wardrobe. And um, I've never worked so fast in my life. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um, uh, my agent had Freddie Silverman over a barrel because uh, they needed somebody really fast. They were already in production. And uh, so he negotiated very high fees for me that for, for, to go in so fast. And uh, it was much more than John and Joyce were making. And there was a favored nations clause for John. And it meant that the first season out, they would have to pay a lot of money. And Freddie Silverman didn't want to do that after the pilot that I did sold these series. Mm. So, and you know, it was all Hollywood, Hollywood politics. Everything's politics, not only now, but back then. Mm. What What's the experience like working with John Ritter and Joyce DeWitt? I, you know what? It was such a whirlwind. I mean, Joyce was as sweet as she could be. Um, uh, John was too. Um, John and I did not end up being particularly tight. But coincidentally, he was he had just married Nancy Ritter, his wife. And Nancy's brother is my keyboard player and lead singer in my band today. And so I am really close with Nancy Ritter, mm. his, John's first wife, mm. as well as all of his children. Mm. So I am very close with um, the Ritter clan, as well as her name was Nancy Morgan. As, as well as the Morgan clan and David Morgan, who plays in my band now, as well as he is the lead singer for Three Dog Night before pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, he and my late husband, Delaney Bramlett, wrote hit after hit after hit song together. So it's, it, you know, it, it's, a, it's weird how life interconnects. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Happy Days and the Three's Company pilot. Like you made some lifelong friends. That's great. You know, all of my projects that I've worked on seem to, and I I don't think this is a unique experience for me. Um, uh, I think a lot of people bond, you know, I'm not going to end up being friends with everybody on the set, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um, I think that um, uh, every experience, every show I've ever worked on, it seems like either we make a connection at the moment or we uh, run into each other later and make the connection then. That's awesome. So getting to the Hills Have Eyes, which is probably what you're most known for. Yeah. What is the experience like working with a very unknown Wes Craven? Um, Wes, well, as some people know and some people don't, Wes had prior to Last House on the Left had been a school teacher. Okay. And he, he still had the school teacher uh, mentality about him, which creates calm and patience and kindness and um, uh, good communication with his actors. And I found that he was one of the sweetest directors I've ever worked with in town. And I've worked with many, many of them, but he was just an angel and so open to suggestions. I I mean, he had uh, first the, the original script uh, was entitled Blood Relations. 
Not the Hills Have Eyes. Um, I talked to him multiple times about changing the title, that it seemed to cheapen the project uh, with that title. Um, he listened, and I, I don't know that I would have picked The Hills Have Eyes, but he, he must have known what he was doing when he changed it. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, I, I was saying the other day, I said, I, I was stunned. I'm sitting here watching my favorite show on TV, which is Shit's Creek. And, and, and uh, here's Catherine O'Hara starring in The Crows Have Eyes, which is a satire, of course. Spoof on The Hills Have Eyes. So it just continues to have, you know, to be, to be, you know, it has continues to breathe more life into it, you know. Yeah. So it just is a the project that never stops continuing to evolve. What was the experience on set for you? Well, it was hot in the day and it was cold at night. And I was used to having my own private dressing room, which was not even, you know, we were all crammed into the same dressing room. And, um, but, you know, like after shooting, Dee and I would go take off and go to the gym together in Victorville. There was a little gym there. And um, we, you know, that being all in the same dressing room is a bonding experience. Either you kill each other and tear each other's eyes out. And there was a little bit of, you know, dissension, I suppose. I don't even remember it, but um, Michael reminds me of it from time to time, Michael Behrman. But, um, uh, it created a lot of lifetime friendships. I'm friends with Janice and, and Martin and um, Dee lives around the corner from me. I love Dee. I just did a film with her daughter, um, Gabrielle Stone. And Michael and I talk about once a week. So, and um, before he moved to Florida, we spent Thanksgivings and Christmases together a lot. And every gig, he, every gig I did in LA as a musician, Michael would be on the front row, every single one of them, if he was in town. And I've got to say, you know, he's like a brother. That's awesome. Well, what do you prefer, movies or television? Movies, I would say, um, because I think it's a more relaxing um, environment to be creative. Television is very rushed. You really have to be on spot. You have to know your lines. It's very fast moving. You can't, you don't, they don't always give you a retake. And um, it, it's stressful, mm -hmm. you know, it's a very stressful environment. And, and though it looks quite easy uh, to people looking on the outside, I think TV might be the hardest medium Sure. So, so I, I, I'm kind of curious because The Hills Have Eyes has kind of um, another iteration, right? The 2006 version. Is it interesting having a project that has like a, a recreation of it like several years later? And do you, do you review that kind of the character and say, hey, oh, that's an interesting way she took it? Or do you just well, enjoy the film? Or? Uh, my late husband was alive at the time and he uh, knew Peter Locke, the one of the producers and um, we had socialized with him and his wife, Karen, from time to time over the years, we were both invited to the red carpet premiere in mm -hmm. Hollywood at, you know, and at the cast party, I uh, bonded with Emily DeRaven very quickly. 
um, Getty had a heyday shooting the two of us together. And so um, I really didn't see much similarity in the two yeah. movies. I think you, I, I think, and because Wes did not direct it, mm -hmm. I feel that, I can't remember the name of the director, but anyway, whoever directed it um, had his own vision of how to create it. And it was filled with um, special effects and gimmicks and stuff um, that I found some distasteful. And um, um, and I miss, I, I personally prefer the rawness, whether I'm in it or not, of the original one. And that's just personal taste. I don't like a lot of gimmicks. And, and though the first one was violent, there was something like a rawness that, that you're right there in it. Mm -hmm. The other one, I did not feel that I could get connected into that. But, you know, I'm sure people, there's certain people out there who love it and maybe prefer it. I don't know. It's an individual thing. Sure. sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't like, uh, I, I had this discussion the other day. I don't love remakes anyway. You know, mm -hmm. when something's perfect, like Barbara Streisand's The Star is Born mm -hmm. and Judy Garland's The Star is Born. Did we need a third or fourth Star is Born? Yeah. Yeah. You know, ever that, I mean, there's so many interesting stories of so many interesting writers that are mm -hmm. out there, you know, tell another story, even if it might even be similar to right. the Star is Born. Don't do the Star is Born again. Yeah. I think, uh, Wes shared your thoughts because his last movie, Scream 4, was an attack on remakes, like pretty, pretty obviously uh, a shot at remakes. So I think he shared, uh, and unfortunately, it ended up being his last movie, but. Well, you know, uh, I, I equated not even in horror, but with uh, like Breakfast Breakfast at Tiffany's, mm -hmm. which was a big hit movie when I was younger. And it starred Audrey Hepburn. And the remake with Anne Heche was lovely, but it can't compare with Audrey Hepburn. You know, not that she's not as talented. It just, I've, the story was perfectly told one time, you know, why have to tell that story again? Mm -hmm. Put Anne Heche, uh, not Anne Heche, Anne Hathaway, put her in another uh, movie, maybe with the same sort of feeling or the same sort of, you know, rewrite, really rewrite it, you know, and, and mm -hmm. not try to copy the, the, you know, get another story going that, you know, whatever. Or find something that wasn't done necessarily right. Like what they did with Scarface when they remade that or The Thing when they remade that. Like Those initial stories had a lot of room to grow. Don't take something that's already done very, very well and try to remake that. Because all you're doing is digging yourself a huge hole that there's no way you can fill. Right, right. And, I'm, you know, I've started writing and I'm stunned. I've, been, I've, I've uh, hooked up with a couple of writing groups just to... Uh, get a, a better grip of my own skills. And um, I'm stunned at how many wonderful writers are undiscovered yet. And their stories that are fascinating and would be great movie material, whether they're, no matter what format they're being written in. And um, I just think that um, either the studios don't have the energy or those personnel that want to go out and find these projects or they don't want to gamble on something that mm -hmm. is, uh, 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 you know, unproven yet. Let's talk about your music career. What, what's, 
what's that like? Well, I can't sing in some sleazy bar right now. <laughs> um, I love my show. I, I do a cabaret show called Swamp Cabaret. My music is very swampy and Southern, filled with a lot of comedy and, and also very poignant moments of loss and tragedy. I'm a songwriter. I, I have written with some of the greatest songwriters, including my own husband, uh, Delaney Bramlett, who wrote most of Eric Clapton's first songs on his first album. And um, he produced Eric Clapton's first album. Um, and um, I, he wrote Superstar with Leon Russell. And so I learned to write music with somebody who was a master at songwriting, my own husband. So I, you know, that was better than going to any school to try to learn how to write a song, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, I've written music with Phil Everly of the Everly Brothers and um, uh, I could just go on and on, really, really wonderful songwriters. So um, whether or not I consider myself, I'm a, I, I guess my, I, to be blatantly honest, I feel like Maybe I'm not the greatest singer in the world. I'd love to have Bonnie Raitt's chops. I don't. Um, I'd love to have Janis Joplin or Amy Winehouse's chops. I don't. But I get a great deal of joy out of being on stage and singing like I do mm -hmm. and uh, telling my stories between the songs. I always have a huge following at my gigs. And um, I had put it on hold to write this book. I'm writing a a, a very dark murder mystery that is a memoir. And uh, though I clearly am not murdered, but uh, <laughs> uh, I miss going and listening. I really miss because of COVID going to sleazy dives and having a drink and listening to some of the greatest musicians in the world because they live near where I live, Malibu and, you know, Topanga. And there was a wonderful venue called the write-off room that has now closed because of COVID and that, is very, very depressing to me, you know? Mm -hmm. But the cool thing about music is that nobody can give you permission to go create your art or not. You know, if I'm, if, if I feel like um, being creative, I simply go in the studio and write and, and nobody can tell me, oh, yeah, you got the job, you know? Yeah under the set on Wednesday. No, I can go in there right now and sit down at the piano and, and, you know, get something out. So I, I, I love music. I mean, really, if you were going to say pick one, it'd be music. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite genre of music? Yeah. I, you know, I love swampy, uh, you know, I love Beth Hart, you know, I love Joe Baramasa. Joe Baramasa. I love um, my favorite all-time band, I suppose, is Little Feet. And I loved my late husband's music, Delaney and Bonnie and Friends, is what he was known for. And, but after that split up of that group, I didn't know him then. Um, they split up in 71. I met Delaney in 77. Um, but he, he has to be my all-time favorite musician, you know. But I like the blues. I'm from the South. I'm from Dallas. And <clears throat> uh, when I was a little girl, my my granddad would sit on his front porch. He had a piano on his front porch and all the neighbors would come around. And it was before everybody was glued to a television watching depressing news. And um, we would all just sit out on the porch and, you know, tambourine, whatever you could pick up, a stick and a rock and 
keep time. And uh, we did that all the time growing up. And it was a southerny, bluesy, gospely sound and Almond Brothers, you know, that kind of sound. And though he wasn't nearly as talented as the Almond Brothers, you know, it was always entertaining. Do you have a favorite city or region to play in? Just kind of marries up with the, the type of music you like to play or do you care or just wherever? Well, LA is easier because I'm home. You know, yeah. I grab yeah. my stuff. I grab my stuff and get in the car and go to the gig, right? Um, mm. And I have, I'm more known in LA because I have a lot of friends here. I've lived here since 1974. Sure. And so I, uh, it's easier to get a, get people to you know come see you, um, but I uh, not too long ago, a couple of years ago, did a gig in Orlando. At, I'm, I go there sometimes and play at BB King's and uh, sing with the Ladies of the Blues down in Florida, and they, there's a, a really great group of girls that sing the blues, and I, I love that. But you know. I don't know uh, going forward how many more of those opportunities uh, are going to present themselves. So I think my focus now on at least getting my own music out is to release singles with a music video behind it. And I'm, I, I love directing those. And so I love having ideas and make them come to life. And so, you know, getting the equipment, I'll shoot it myself because I'm a photographer. And uh, if I, unless I'm in the shot, then I get somebody else to do it. And, um, and making those come to life with a story behind them is, is a great deal of fun. And either they take off or they don't. I have um, a new one, uh, somewhat new, called Facebook. It's a spoof on Facebook. You know, one of, the, my, one of my favorite lines is, I know what you ate last week. Uh, <laughs> roasted duck and collard greens. Right? So, uh, it, and it's a real spoof on um, the invasion of our privacy of Facebook. And um, it's a long song. It's funny. And I hope uh, it's on uh, YouTube and I hope people will take the time. It's under Susan Lanier Bramlett um, Facebook. And uh, it's easy, pretty easy to find. So, uh, that's one of my favorite. I mean, I love to make music videos. I, I'm going to start after my, after I finish my book, which I, my goal is to finish by Christmas. Um, I will start putting much more focus on getting music videos out. Okay. Uh, what's, what's coming next for you? Like, do you have any movies on the pipe? Yeah. I am, you know, I did a sitcom in December before COVID, um, uh, with Casper Van Deem and Brooke Lewis. And, um, Mark Klebanoff directed it and he created it with Christophe St. John who passed away. And um, I'm waiting, I, I'm fingers are crossed and I'm hoping that that gets picked up by some uh, network. And um, it's, it's a pretty funny premise. And I play an older woman who's kind of horny and likes younger men. So, I mean, what a stretch, right? And uh, <laughs> Um, and then I did a, a streaming thing after COVID with Brooke Lewis um, about uh, uh, being isolated and there's a darkness to it. It's horror themed and uh, waiting for that to be post-production finished and shopped to some outlet. 
and um, you know, because of the growing number of outlets to be able to market your projects, whether they're low budget or not, um, I think it will be definitely, I mean, it already is taking over. So I think it's easier to get content out at least somewhere, you know? So now I, you know, I've done so many things that now the rest is just gravy. I feel lucky when I work, you know, um, I have a big audition that I have to get in. Now everybody's self-taping, but I've got a big audition that needs to be done in two days. And um, I'll stay home and set up the camera and shoot it, you know. Um, and I find that really nice that I don't have to get in the car and drive from yeah you know, an hour and a half to get there and park and walk across the lot and all that stuff. Now you just do it in the privacy of your own home. And it's much more, um, it, it allows you to be much more creative with what you have to offer in the role because you're not having to be, you're not rushed through. And after the first take, they go, thank you. And then you leave and then you go, oh man, if I'd only done, no, 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 you know. That is that alleviates that problem, which is really cool. That is awesome. Where can everybody find you online? Uh, Suze Lanier. Um, if you type Suze Lanier, Suze Lanier Bramlett is going to come up. But uh, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok now a little bit, um, and um, uh, Cameo. And it's all under Suze Lanier or Suze Lanier Bramlett. If you don't find me under Suze Lanier, it'll be Suze Lanier Bramlett. And those of you who remember the original Hills Have Eyes and some of those other credits are going, why did she change her name? It was Susan Lanier. Uh, because I got married and he wanted me to add his name. And I really liked Suze Lanier better for, for, for sleazy nightclub work. <laughs> so, you know. It just felt better to me. And everybody called me Susie anyway growing up. So, you know, it's Susie, Suze, whatever. Mm -hmm. So Suze Lanier Bramlett is is the is the official uh, uh, search engine for whatever, if anybody wants to follow me. I've got a new EP coming out with five songs, uh, which I'm very proud of. And, um, and I can't wait to finish this book. So uh, it's really dark. It's really edgy. Um, I don't think I've ever read, read a book like it. I don't know if I'm a great writer, but the story's really cool. So uh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to checking out the music. As soon as we get off this call, I'm going to jump on iTunes and see what I can find. But you know, also on um, uh, YouTube is where you'll find the music videos. But but uh, on YouTube, Michael Behrman and I have a, re a fairly recent one called under my name called Watch What You Ask For. You just might get it. And he kills me in the end. I don't want to give it away, but he does. And it's uh, pretty entertaining. So it shows Michael and I working together present day as opposed to the Hills Have Eyes era. Hmm. That's cool. Absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been lovely. Thank you. And everybody listening, please check out all of her stuff. I will put as many links in the description as I can. And from all of us at the Three Geeks Podcast, have a great day. Thanks. Thank you. You too. Peace.